911, what's the nature of your emergency? Good morning, police, fire, military, and families, and to everybody who is listening in on the Tattoo Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton, and you know that I absolutely adore Tuesday mornings because I am not spending them alone. And I know that on Tuesday mornings, when it is this early, sometimes it might be difficult to find guests or even you as you listen to this. Good morning, Bob, to to come in and to come on and to, to interact and to engage with us this early in the morning. So I want to thank you for that. And this morning, I have Miss Michelle McKeveny. Michelle, how are you? Good morning. Thank you. I'm well. You? I'm good too. Thank you. Michelle is all the way in Canada. Good morning, everybody. And we were just talking about (laughs) she had a beautiful backdrop and she could hear her husband snoring in the background. So she had to relocate. And that's kind of one of the things you don't really think about until you start to go live and you start to realize all the, the imperfections. But we are so glad to have you here outside. We were, we were converting Celsius and Fahrenheit just now. It's low 70s there there in Canada where you are. And um, yeah, we're, we're in the 90s here in Southern California and the wind has been absolutely terrible. Good morning, everybody. Now for this morning, everybody that's listening in, I'm giving away a 302 piece tactical survival kit because it's something I looked up on Amazon and I thought it looked pretty badass. And I thought that whoever is the most engaged from 24 hours from now on this post Engaged meaning interacting with each other, interacting with myself and Michelle, asking questions, being silly, and really just having a good time because I think the most important thing for us is to be able to do things that are enlightening and inspiring and that just give us joy and happiness every day. So do me a favor right now, drop down below what you had for breakfast this morning or what you plan to have for breakfast this morning. And Michelle, if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are, a little bit of your background before we get into what you do now. Sure. Um, I started in social work in 1993, um, convocated from the University of Regina. And I, sorry, I ended up um, getting into corrections. And at that time, to be a correctional officer, you needed to have a degree in social work or human justice. So 100 years ago, that was the requirement in Canada. Hmm. So I started my job um, at a women's prison. An amazing uh, career, love corrections, love social work also decided to go working um, on First Nations communities and also working in an urban setting. So I was working in corrections, working in private practice as a mental health therapist, and um, all while raising two young daughters with a husband who was also in corrections as well, federal corrections. So he worked in the men's area of a federal institution, and I work with women in a provincial setting. And um, yeah, love, 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 love my job and I still grieve it daily. Um, however, I, I will be medically retired due to my operational stress injury. Hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Good morning from Ontario, Canada. Whoever had an omelet and coffee, um, grant StreamYard permission so I could see your name. I'm just going to guess that that was probably Michael Daly. Just a guess. Avocado, tomato, salt, chili peppers on a sesame bagel. You win, Bob, hands down. I haven't eaten anything yet. I have, I have coffee here. What did you have for breakfast, Michelle? Um, same as you. Coffee. Coffee. Oh, and coffee. Everybody's drinking coffee. Good morning to everybody who is just tuning in. Now, Michelle, that, that actually strikes me as something really unusual to need a degree to work in corrections like that. Do you, do you know if it was the same for law enforcement in Canada? No, it, it was not. Um, it, you know, 
we're talking 1993, not to age this self here. Um, but in 1993, that was the requirement. And now you, you know, the, the, the requirements have, have, and the standards have minimized, but the quality of staff obviously is still needed to be at that potential, you know, potentially trained and, and I think lived experience, honestly, in corrections now in Canada is one of the best tools. But having said that in 1993, when I first started, I was grateful to have, you know, a little bit of education under my belt, but all the rest of the education I got was on the job and uh, doing what I needed to do to stay safe. Yeah. I'm curious for everybody who's listening in your profession, whether it's police, fire, military, EMS, whatever, whatever it is that you do, what you believe some of the additional requirements for entry should be that maybe don't exist right now. So if you could drop that in the comments, I'm just selfishly asking that question. And Michelle, you had made mention of OSI and a lot of people don't know what OSI is. So can you briefly explain what that is, how you came to have it and kind of how that put you where you're at now? Sure. Um, uh, OSI is an operational stress injury. So although I've been diagnosed with PTSD or a P PTSI, post-traumatic stress injury, I, um, I use the operational stress injury um, terminology because it happened at my workplace. It happened due to paid income. I was assaulted by an inmate, um, which we, you know, we sometimes happen. Um, and we encountered, it wasn't my first, you know, rodeo type thing with a, with a female inmate when they have a whole other potential all on their own to be very, you know, uh, spiteful. Um, but nonetheless, um, it happened at my job and the problem for me was not that I was assaulted by an inmate that was expected and I knew how to keep myself safe to the best of my degree. What failed me was a staff member. Um, who I could see the whole time I was getting injured um, and, you know, trying to stay safe, my partner and I, during this assault. And I could see the boots of some other staff standing there, the only other person who could have helped us. Um, and for whatever reason, her boots never moved. She, she did not help us. She did not engage. She didn't, you know, she didn't attend the scene, if you will. I could see her at the corner and she froze. And I had a very difficult time because the team concept is so critical, especially mm -hmm. in a women's prison and that cohort that, you know, that knowing how everybody works efficiently together to stay safe. I lost it that day and it betrayed my trust and it, it caused my operational stress injury to manifest to, to some other levels. That's Anger. not... No, I can imagine. And that's not something that I ever would have considered before. A lot of the times when we hear the concept of PTSI, we, we think of just the, the initial incident. And I had never thought about the element of what you just described with having this, this sort of sense of anger come up because of the betrayal from, from your, your team, the people that you're supposed to be able to rely on and count on literally for your life. And I can't imagine having to have had that impact and then continue forward. So what happened after that? Um, I, well, what happened that after that is usually what I tell people to not be like me. Don't like take my story and then do everything opposite. Um, because I've learned the hard way. So I didn't deal with my operational stress injury. I went off work. I had enough numerous physical injuries. I had 
um, dislocated hip. Um, I had lost a chunk of hair in the back of my head. I had concussions. I had physical injuries. Uh, my hands became all kind of, I'll never be a hand model. Um, but you know, I had enough physical injuries that kind of kept me busy. And this is what happens with us is that we like to have the, not that we'd like to, we can focus on, on a triage and a treatment program for physical injuries arising from our jobs. So if we were shocked, assaulted, burned, whatever, we can recover from that because there's a medical operational procedure and being as we're all operational minds, we follow those steps and we do what we need to do. So I took care of my physical injuries. What I didn't do was I did not deal with my operational stress injuries. So for me, I got myself back to a, a place. I took on more stress, more responsibilities, different job, different type of thing. And what I did is I accumulated and I accumulated and it manifested to me in an autoimmune disease. So I had a very profound um god-given sign if you will that started to take my sight so what i learned was that i did not deal with my operational stress injury and it started to manifest in an autoimmune disease so i developed graves disease and grave thyroid disease so it attacked my eyesight and i am very lucky um I had over 20 surgeries in in a five-year period and i was lucky enough to come to minnesota um, to go to the Mayo Clinic six times to have surgeries there. So, I mean, they caught it. Um, I'm lucky. I will never be able to return to my job because my my eyes are in a position where I, my security skills are not so astute, if you will. So I will never be that weak link on a team, um, and especially at 54. So I, I've accepted to the degree that I didn't deal with my operational stress injury. I wished I would have taken mental health a lot seriously in my career and didn't buy into the just get going, get back, you'll be fine, suck it up, you got this. No, I should have paused. I should have healed. I should have grieved. And then I would have been a better mother, a better wife, better human. And now I'm, I'm in a path but that's that's kind of why the resilience retreat was born it was like what could i have done or what could have been done for me back then to have saved me from all of the last few years of this yeah you're a warrior michelle yes she absolutely is you're absolutely right you can't deal with ptsi by trying to block it out with more stuff and frankie to answer your question this is an incredibly private group we vet everybody strategically and um if there's somebody that you know like and trust that frankie, you want to my girl at the top of our, our group page, you can click on the invite button and let them in and then um, tag them here and I'll make sure to vet them through for you. Now, Michelle, I, I believe that the universe works in an incredibly divine way because this morning I was listening to Dr. Joe Dispenza and he was talking about how in Long Beach, California, there was this group of Cambodian women and they, they randomly all lost their vision. And apparently from everything that they had paid witness to back on in their motherland when it comes to the tyranny and the murders of their their loved ones and their family and being forced to watch this what happened was that it actually manifested in their body in the most unusual way and they lost their vision and so that that came up for me as you're telling me what had happened to you with 
all these other things starting to take place because you didn't handle the core issue and how you wish that people would do the opposite of what you did with addressing the the actual mental health problems. And I think it is an incredibly beautiful gift to give back to other people. And for everybody who's listening and wondering, what are some things in retrospect in your careers that you would have done differently? Or maybe you would tell people to to do as you say and not as you do. Drop that in the comments down below. I'm, I'm super curious. And Michelle, now you have the River Valley Resilience Retreat. And I went on your website and was just scoping everything out. And I was I was half joking that I'll send my husband out there because I think that if we're honest with ourselves, we all need to allow ourselves a gift like this. So in your your own words, your own description, can you explain to us what, what the River Valley Resilience Retreat really is? Well, what it really is, is a lot of in here and a lot of in here. And so we are just in the establishment spot. So we've been through a lot of different kind of sidewinds, but it was a project started by a firefighter friend um, and myself. And we, as I said, we've had some twists and turns. So now where we're at is we've received donated land and um, we have been gifted access to over a hundred and some acres of beautiful property adjacent to North Saskatchewan River. Um, pasture land, there's hills, there's valleys. It's just an amazing, incredible experience. And when my firefighter partner in this endeavor, when we went out there to check out the spot, we were both blown away for several reasons. So, um, so what we are establishing right now in our long-term goals is to have um, portable housing there where people can come and just take a break. Um, in our city, there's about 42,000 people. And if you are a law enforcement officer or in corrections um, and you need respite, the only options are Prince Albert Mental Health Unit. So that's a psychiatric unit hmm. or um, hospital for your physical injuries. But where do you go to just sit and be present with people who understand you and get you and you don't need to explain those dark thoughts that you're feeling? So what we wanted to do is create that so people could literally have a have a pause and they could just come to our place. We could sit and informally plug them up with some peer and professional, you know, support, triage them through the advocacy portions to, you know, finding out whether or not from head to toe, do they have a doctor, do they have a counselor, do they have a psychologist? Well, you're going to now because we're going to hook you up with all those people. But this is still the place for good meals, good home. Um, safe space and peer support for your family and also for the individual experiencing whatever they're experiencing at the moment. So right now we are setting up uh, Frankie Kilgore, my, my partner in this, uh, my personal assistant, I call her my wrangler. Um, she's been helping me dial in some of the things that my operational stress injury brain or postmenopausal brain doesn't allow. So we've been dialing in right now. We're setting up women's weekend glamping. So don't send your husband, send yourself. And that'll be in the summer. And um, so we're hoping to set up these beautiful places that women can just come and we're and be present for a weekend. We're going to give them some experience in equine assisted learning. So we partnered with Carchet Farms, beautiful horses, beautiful people who understand what our dynamic and what our partners, if you will, go through. So we've put together a really solid weekend full of some amazing things. And then we're absolutely going to expand on that to hopefully one day have a three bedroom dwelling there. So we can actually take people in and just give them that opportunity to just sit and rest. We're trying to stop suicide. So if we had a break, people could just knowingly go somewhere and be safe. 
then perhaps their mindset could be different. If they just were around other people who felt that way and were open and honest to say, one day I felt like killing myself, it's okay. Um, I'm here, you're here, so let's just talk or don't and enjoy. And yeah. that that's what we're trying to create. We don't have any place like that in Saskatchewan and that's what we need here. Yeah, for sure. Good morning, everybody. And if you're just tuning in, I'm trying to give away a 302 piece tactical survival kit to whoever is the most engaged on this thread from 24 hours from now. So drop your questions, your comments, engage with each other, tell everybody how much you love them, because we know how much we are honored to have each other in this group group meetup in Canada. That's a really, really good idea. Now, I, I just want to, for anybody who's listening who, who might not understand this in the same way that I do, because I really dove deep into your mission statement and what you do, Michelle, and, and your team and everybody who is involved. But essentially, when, when we think of any mental health issues and then we think of the word help or treatment, a very clinical, sterile environment might come in, come up for you, come into mind. And what, what Michelle and her team have created here is essentially the, the loophole, the, the missing link in between that, which is this place for you to just be able to stop, carve out time for yourself, connect with nature, incredibly beautiful horses. Clint and I have, have a horse and um, are very much into the therapeutic element of that. So if that's not something you've ever experienced before, talk to us a little bit about the, the stay. What is the actual stay like for somebody who, who does decide to come there? Well, the stay will be right now we're in the process of funding so that we can have our dwellings in place. Um, so our, our long-term goals are that people can come and stay for one to three days. If we have a program set up, um, that's our long-term plans that they'd be able to stay for longer. We're hoping to partner with insurance companies, veterans affairs, different types of unions. Um, and that, you know, to offer that kind of pause for their, for their staff. So as a matter of fact, I am really grateful that today of the day that you chose for me to be on your show, um, Today, we're doing a presentation for a check presentation on our site hmm. with uh, a union for Canadian correctional officers. And they've gifted us um, $2,000 locally and provincially. And that is absolutely going to buy us, you know, some extra glamping tents for our ladies. Um, so we can really pamper and, and treat them. And, and especially... Like I said, first responder wives, veterans, first responders. We include corrections, nurses, doctors. Um, we include tow operators, tow truck operators, because they're often the first and the last to leave a scene, cl clearing it for law enforcement officers and fires. So we really found out that there's a real need there. Hmm. So our first goal is to let people and their spouses that are female come so that they can be around like-minded people who say, oh my God, you have one of those at home? Yes, I do too. He's intolerable and then they can have their own little conversations and then they can find uplifting hope that's that's what we want for people just to be able to sit and understand that you're not alone in this and that we all have someone like us at home and we are a handful yeah and bob I, I absolutely agree i think this is definitely something that elizabeth would be interested in too so for anybody else who's interested michelle what is the website how can people get a hold of you and once they go on your website can you just kind of explain the the process of what would need to happen if somebody is interested in maybe coming to to pay you a visit well for right now we need funds to in order to build said dwellings we're entering partnerships but we need funds so people can go on our website which is www 
rivervalleyresilienceretreat.com. On there, we have different ways to donate if people were so inclined to do. And we will continue to update when our doors are open and we have a space other than our glamping tents for women to be able to offer people, uh, you know, an opportunity to come. Right now we have an active peer support. So we've been doing that for over five years. So we've heard what people want. We've heard what they could have used and now we're building accordingly. Beautiful. And if you go on to their website, there is actually a, a schedule up right now. So if you do have any females or if you are a female and you might be interested, there are dates that you can choose that are listed on there currently and you can get into contact with Michelle and let her know what date or any of her team and let them know what dates you've chosen. That way you can take a, a, a travel. I was surprised. My friend messaged me from Canada a couple of days ago and told me that travel is now open between the border of Canada and the United States. So that's definitely, definitely exciting news. So thank you so, so much, Michelle, for everything that you're doing. I love what you and your team are creating. This is definitely a need and filling a gap to everybody who is still tuning in. I hope that everybody has an incredible day today. And as always, I am sending you a long, tight hug from my home to yours. Thanks, Michelle.